from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I am Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. What's up, players and playerettes? You said you wanted headphones up, yeah? Yes. All right. Oh, hey, there we go. All right, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right, uh, yeah, first show of 2019. This is very exciting. Lovely. Um, all right, before we get too deep here, I want to give a, uh, like, do some ads, I guess. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage at blindestudios.com and join today. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and if you'd like to support us directly and be as awesome as Andy, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, there you can get access to uh, our live streams if you want to see our faces, uh, which I don't know why you would want to do that. Oh, I'm going to try to pull my hat a little lower. <laughs> You're like, no, no. <laughs> Uh, you can check that out. All right. Uh, and if you're going to do any, any Amazon shopping, uh, head over to blindnewstudios.com, click on the Amazon link over our homepage, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and uh, we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. It really helps us out. All right. Brian? Yeah. What have you been up to lately since the uh, since the last episode, which was uh, Christmas Day, I believe? Oh, man. That has been a, has been a little while. Yeah, it's uh, been about two weeks. I remember when we, when we recorded that episode, and it was a little bit before that. But, yeah. What have I been up to? Uh, it's been many weeks. Uh, however, at the brewery, we came out with another uh, sweet double IPA that I'm, that I'm really happy with, really proud of the, the brewer's. Um, was sort of a co-op, uh, right? As far as the um, beer recipe goes, it kind of what it usually is is one of us will write a recipe, and 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 there might be some tweaks, but it usually stays pretty similar. But this one was uh, called Double Bromance, and it's a double dry hop, double IPA. Uh, we chose to use Simcoe as the bio hop, and then finished it with Citra and Kohatu. And uh, a little bit more melon type of flavor, um, less citrus, um, more melon, uh, like a hint of pine. Um, and then we threw some candy hearts in the boil. So the reason we call it double bromance, um, I'm, I'm best good friends with my business partner and co-owner at Hop and Barrel, Justin. And the, uh, we hired a brewer, Chad, and then later hired brewer, Ethan. And it turned out they were basically the same age, and the same the same interests, and <laughs> and they you know they really hit it off, and so we were kind of like, oh uh, Chad, we got you a little brother, here you go, and they're like have their own little bromance going on, so <laughs> we call the beer double bromance, and we all sort of wrote the recipe together, and it's kind of for January February. Um, release it'll be released pretty soon in cans awesome yeah other than that um uh, some sad news i found out um that uh in there's a brewery called portage in walker minnesota um that actually burned down oh no yeah um i don't know any details i literally i received a message this morning from a, a beer friend and um i guess more more detail to come on that um, but that's uh, that is some some sad shit. So uh, we'll 
talk more about that as, as some details come in. Yeah, that's that's heavy shit, man. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy duty. On a lighter note, uh, Casey, what have you been up to? Oh, man. So, uh, let's see. Since last, I went to Remedy Brewing in uh, South Dakota. Oh, that's right. You were trying uh, a little. Yep, yep. Check that out. Um, second time, we're going to try some of their beers on uh, DOO tonight, or at least one of their beers. So, I mean, I, I picked up uh, three different kinds of crawlers, and we'd be kind of you know, spacing them out a little bit, kind of doing like a... And so they're, wait, so they're South Dakota, you said? Yeah, they're in Sioux Falls. Are they 750s or 32-ounce crowler? Uh, Short and I, squat or tall? You know what? I honestly, like, don't recall. I will... We'll have to look. Have to look at them. Why? Is there a... Is, is there, like, a contention or... No, I'm just wondering about, like, what they have, what the legality okay. is. Because in Wisconsin here, we can do... Uh, 32 ounce silos and that's you know it's two two pints yeah um but i think a lot of um not a lot of i'm sorry there i guess there aren't very many breweries in western <laughs> wisconsin so um i don't think rush river does crawlers anyway they do I not i think they just do growlers and the three little breweries four little breweries that are in our neck of the woods i think um they've all switched to 750s and we just kind of are sticking with why are they switching to 750s? Just um, well, um, one of them told me that 30 people think 32 ounces of beer is too much beer, which I no, it's the perfect amount of beer for sense. you to share with somebody else. To, to make any sense to me at all, and then the other one um, is self-distributing in Minnesota, Olaf. Oh. And so they have to do 750s. Okay, that makes sense. As it is. So, and I think the others just followed suit because they tend to, yeah, you know, follow market trends, which is what you should be doing anyway. So, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, other than that, let's see. Uh, that was Christmas. <coughs> then the following weekend, I went to Seattle, uh, hung out with, uh, with listener Andy Thompson. Oh, dude, really? Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that nice. was a lot of fun. We hit a few breweries, it's and like I got... High-fiving and chuckling. Yeah, I got way too drunk, and it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, no, Seattle was a fun town. I hit a lot of different breweries and had a really good time. Just kind of soloed it, and I uh, went to the Mopop Museum, which was really cool. Talk about that a little bit more on... Actually, no, I think I talked about that last week on DOO, so, yeah. What? There was a DOO last week? There was. It was, uh, we, we did a special, it was me, Carlos, and Pete, and we did a special New Year's uh, Eve broadcast uh, before everybody showed up for New Year's Eve. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't live streamed or anything, it was just one of those things like, we're here, we might as well do something. Um, and, yeah, so did that. I don't know, other than that, beer-wise, not a ton. Played some D&D uh, oh, in a brewery. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did do that. That was We actually got some shit done. I can't believe how far we got into that dungeon. There was a lot of uh, just pushing forward in spite of everyone. <laughs> yeah. Some, some very lucky dice rolls. Some very lucky dice rolls. I believe there were... It, at two different in, in, integral points in time, there were some... Natural twenty crit rolls. Yeah, that, that were beautiful. That really. And then there there were a few on the other side against me, which I did not enjoy as much. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> well, at least at least you got up off the ground. At least right? we were able to. Yeah, I I got up. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. I uh, I really like doing D and D in the back of the brewery. I know everyone. It's like freezing cold back there. No, me. but it like the atmosphere and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's unique. Because most of the time people are playing D and D in an environment kind of like this, you know, right. in a basement or whatever. Maybe not quite as lit as this, but uh-huh. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, That's about it. So let's talk about this uh, this Scottish light that I'm having. So little bit of background on this beer. Um, I have had the damnedest time trying to get this thing carved. Like yeah, yeah. You poured a pitcher and it was. It looked great. I kind of want to go pour some off of the off of the tap again just to see to get a yeah to get a, a fresh a, little, a better charge or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because if you're looking at beer cam, it it, again, it looks it flat. Looks, it looks like and like I I don't know what it is. So the first time I carved it, uh, there was a leaky uh, seal that I didn't hear, and so like I was trying to force carb it, oh, and the gas was going in and just out. Corny keg, yeah. And uh, I drained the fucking tank, and I was like, oh fuck, son of a. Bitch. And then um, it was it was perfect for New Year's. Like it was pouring amazingly for New I bet Year's. But you were drinking the shit out of it. We were because it's uh, <laughs> like three and a half percent. And so we were drinking a lot of it. And then today I go to pour it and it just foams up and the beer's flat. And I'm like, what the? Yeah, it's fun. So, uh, yeah, I might go grab a quick pour off the tap and see if we can get some carbonation out of there quick. And then uh, before we start tasting it. Sure. Um, so yeah, just hold on thirty seconds. Yeah. Guys. What are we looking at though? I'll. I'll oh, uh, I can blabber. A. You want to? You want to blabber about Scottish? Blabber type? a little bit. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, 2015 BJCP style guideline section 14A Scottish light. This was reshuffled. They shuffled this um, from 2008 in uh, and in 2015, and we're looking at. Section 14, they're doing light, heavy, and export, and that's it. They're not messing around anymore. It just uh, it makes a lot more sense. Um, but with this particular style, we're going to catch an aroma. It has a low to medium maltness. I'm sorry, maltness. Low to medium maltiness, often with flavors of toasted breadcrumbs, lady fingers, English biscuits, uh, low to medium caramel, and low... Butter scotch is allowable. Allowable some palm fruitiness in the best examples, and may have low traditional English hop aroma. So your earthy floral, orange, citrus, spicy, etc. Peat smoke, inappropriate. Uh, and every time we talk about a Scottish beer, peat smoke, inappropriate. Period. Smoke. No peat in your beer. Right. And and as far as like your aroma and hops are concerned, yeah, you can have those kinds of things. And that's the sort of stuff you'd find in a fresher, like a fresh varietal. But for the most part, we just want to balance this sucker out. So if you look at beer cam, this is looking way better. That looks nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it actually looks like a beer. I was, I was having some issues back there. I don't know if you heard all the uh, the, the liquid pouring onto the ground. Uh-oh. but. <laughs> Son of uh... I'm gonna have to take a mop back there after the show. Yeah, but that's okay. All right, so you got through the overall impression. Uh, just aroma. Just aroma. Okay. Uh, would you like to hear the recipe? Yeah, let it rip, dude. All right. Eighty <clears> percent <throat> golden promise. Sixteen uh, percent uh, the Simpsons light. Then four percent debittered black oh. from Belgium. There you go. Uh, then I used uh, half an ounce of Fuggle. And uh, fermented with Scottish ale from Y East. Uh, number on that is thirteen. No, uh, shit. Scottish oh, again, ale. I I know I used to know this because this is a nice uh, seventeen twenty eight. There you go, seventeen twenty eight. This is a fat Scottish strain. It I re- I really like this strain. It's super good, and it's you know if you are you know sort of just getting into the hobby or whether you're well versed in it, like other people that are listening, um, yeast flavor matters. Period. 
temperature on it matters. The variety matters. It, it all matters. And this is, I think, when I was in my younger pro brewing, um, you know, five, six years ago, uh, this was a real um, light bulb above my head as far as what, you know, yeast strains could do for a certain style. So stick that in your bean. I'm going to yank this beer away from beer can. Yep, take it. <laughs> um, so there's some issues that, like, I, I have some problems with this beer. I think it could be better, um, but mm-hmm. we'll kind of talk mm-hmm. about that. What are you getting aroma-wise? Um, getting a lot of, like, mineral. Yeah, there is a little bit of um, maybe, like, a yeast, like, a fermentation flaw on the nose. I'm getting kind of a... <sighs> mixed... Mixed with um, breadcrumb, lady finger, biscuit, certainly, and then a, um, a wee bit of um, yeast character uh, on the nose, which is gonna also kind of lend to breadiness too, especially for this. Yeah, seventeen, yeah. seventeen twenty-eight was. It? Yeah, seventeen twenty-eight. Um, however, God, there's just like just way off in the distance. There's a little bit of vegetal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, is going to be a fermentation flaw for sure. But, um, I mean, it's, it's tough to pick up and you know me, I'm yeah. Right. And it's another thing that can kind of almost be blown off. It's like, but it is present. Um, all right. Um, yeah. I mean, so Roma, would you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down? I'm I'm torn. Like there's 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 an off. There's a flaw. There's an yeah, off there's, flavor. There's I, a flaw. I, I so have I'm, to thumbs down. Thumbs it. down it. Yep. <laughs> I hate doing that. No, no, no. It's fine. Like <laughs> I have to brew. That's fine. Um, all right. So appearance: uh, pale copper to very dark brown, clear, low to moderate, creamy, off white head. Yes, all of those. It versus almost to a khaki, and I think that's you know that's your your black malt's gonna yeah turn it, but. All right, flavor, um, entirely malt-focused, with mm-hmm. flavors ranging from uh, pale, bready, with caramel overtones to rich, toasty malt with roasted accents, but never roasty. Um, fruity esters are not required, but add depth, yet are never high hop bitterness to balance the malt. Low to no hop flavor is also allowed and should uh, of traditional English character. Uh, finish ranges from rich and malty to dry and grainy. I'd say moderate. Say say low to moderate dryness. Um, actually, you know, I just hmm, I just finished something a little bit a little bit dry today. Um, I, and again, I, I'm gonna so you probably don't have like I, I don't I don't have my in depth notes on this specs yeah. on it. Sure, it does drink a little dry. It does. It drinks dry. Um, um, I'm getting graham. Um, just straight up graham bread versus into toast, and I think that's where I get the graham. Um, no butterscotch or any of that. Um, no. Nothing burnt. No, I feel, and there's, like, for me, there's there's not enough body here in this beer. Like, I need to do something mm-hmm. in the middle, because it's, it just, it's. Yeah, it is a little bit on the light side. This uh, is, like, I. What was the starting gravity on it again? Um, 1035. And then, could you. It finished out to about 10, 10, 10, 9. 10, okay, and could you tell me about your, um. God, where am I going with this? I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um. Uh, mash temp. Uh, about 152, 154. 
Crank it. Yep, crank it way up. Yeah, you could honestly, shit, man, a beer. Like, we'll talk about this more on the session show, session beers right after this, like, yep. year for you guys next week. But, um, man, you could, what, what's the acronym? It's M-A-L-T, malt, more alcohol, less temp, okay? And in this type of style, we want less alcohol. We um, want more, more body. Temp. We want to crank it. So we want to, you could do 158. You could even do 160. 160 will convert the malt more quickly, yep. too. You get a 30-minute mash right there. You know what I'm saying? So crank this sucker um, as far as the mash temp goes. It'll give you more of that protein. Yeah. And I, I want to brew this again because this is a style that I really like. <laughs> I know, yeah, knowing and you. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I fucked this, like, I fucked this it's, beer. You know, it's, I, it's I think, drinkable, I think but I'm not, besides, I'm not happy with it. Besides the lightness of the body, I like what 1728 does to this beer. It, lend, it lends gram, it lends, a, like, I don't know, Scottish flavor in, in my mind. But, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I want... I want more, you know, mm-hmm. yep. like I want, I want that. I, I want more. I want yeah, some body. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. some like, yeah. I just, Crank your mash temp or, I mean, if you're an extract brewer, you want to find a, an extract that isn't going to attenuate as much. And um, I'm, I should probably be more prepared to rattle off a brand or something like that. But for um, uh, well, the less uh, like a lower attenuating extract. If you're an extract, oh, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Does it? I, I suppose it matters. I haven't done. We should actually probably talk about. Well, well so I want to talk about malts sometime this year. Yeah, and then we should talk about extract too. That's true. I haven't brewed extract in. I haven't brewed extract in five years, yeah. and it's probably been longer for you. More than a decade, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do an. Uh, I mean, come on, an extract brew would kind of be fun. Because we don't have to really do any work. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> but aside from the lightness of body, I like the I like the flavor. I think it works well, and I think you did a good job on that end of it. Yeah, I I like the recipe. I think the recipe's there. Mm-hmm. Um, the like I really like Golden Promise. Like if you're doing yeah. something Scottish, put Golden Promise in sure. it, and yeah. it's you'll never fail. Or something this low ABV, you definitely want malts that are. That have a, a you know more character, more character. Yeah, you don't want just straight two don't, row. Don't throw two row in a beer like this. Yeah, yeah. Golden Promise, uh, your Maris Otter. Um, like, I'm trying to think of another good one. Like, those are the two uh, that you th- would, those are two that stick out. But yeah, yeah you know, use. Um, I don't. Know. What, what do you think of the the use of the debittered black? That was something we did just for color, essentially. I think that is the way to go. Period. Um, debittered, and then, you know, with these. I think you'd, as far as your um, specialty malts for a beer like this, you might want to increase them a little, little more than you would for something that's higher gravity or bigger beer. Um, so, yeah, I think a handful, which is probably how much went into this. Yeah, four ounces. like Right, right like a handful. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was a good, a really good choice. And, I mean, if we look at, you know, your what our patented beer light here, I think... Um, I like the color. I like the clarity. Yeah, absolutely. All the appearance-wise, pale copper uh, is not mm, ruby. It's not. Mm, it's kind of brownish copperish. So um, uh, it's yeah. it's the uh, it's it's the the aroma off flavor and the mouthfeel that get me on this beer. Got it. Yeah, we're gonna have to thumbs down it. Rebrew. Rebrew. I'm sure womp, you'll be happy. With that's that. okay. The one that we're tasting <laughs> next week is gonna get a thumbs up around the board. I think. That's the uh, barrel aged imperial stout. Oh so. shit, snacks. Yeah, that one was really good to have on tap. Nine percent. 
Yeah, good work. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Um, so we're going to be talking about session beer. And yeah. for that, we have the quintessential session beer. Yeah, he brought it down and I said, oh, I was like, the fucking session right? beer. Uh, Guinness. Like the one and only. Genuine draft. Beer cam in that, baby. I'm sure you've seen it before. Well, you should beer cam the uh, the Cascade. Oh, good good call. Try to pay me the big bucks. <laughs> nice. So we're pouring 16 ounce cans. It's got the widget. Yeah, I like you can buy the bottles, yeah. but don't yeah. like pay the extra for the cans. Oh, that's a beautiful cascade. Oh, yes, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, so I the the initial plan for today was we were going to talk about glassware, and then I was like, well, we'll talk about session because I really want to talk about session. So I was like, well, we're going to make all make sure all the all the glassware is you know beer clean and <laughs> all that. Ta- <laughs> I'm glad we didn't talk about glassware. <laughs> I mean, I did sit and prep for this today, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad we did session beer. <laughs> session beer is more fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll do glassware. Glassware is going to be one of those throwaway episodes when we need something and we just need to do something. But all right. Uh, yeah. So Session Beer um, referenced today, like the Session Beers book by Jennifer Talley is amazing. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, she she goes in depth on what Session Beers are, like gives a definition, um, talks about historical Session Beers, the modern examples and it. Then gives uh, even like commercial like if you're going to brew this at the commercial level, here's what you should do and all that stuff. Because she's uh she's a brewer from Utah, and so they know a lot about session beers. Yeah, because they're forced to. Right. Uh, Utah beer laws. That's an entire show even in and of itself. Boo. Yeah, just nasty. Nasty. All right. Um, so first, let's figure out what a session beer is. The GABF uh, definition of a session beer, a little different than we've always talked BJCP. We haven't really talked a whole bunch about the GABF definition. Brewers Association. The Brewers Association, yeah. GABF. Um, is a session beers are the color of the classic beer style being made to lower strength. Appearance may vary from brilliant to hazy to cloudy with style of beer being made to lower strength. Aroma depends on the style of beer being made to lower, lower strength. Any style of beer can be made in lower strength and described to the classic style guidelines. The goal should be to reach a balance between the style's character and the lower alcohol content. Drinkability is a character in the overall balance of these beers. Beers in this category must not exceed 4% ABW or 5% ABV. Alcohol by weight. What's what is what three point two? ABV equates to about four percent alcohol by weight, right? Or is it the other way around? Four uh, percent ABW or alcohol by weight is about five percent ABV. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I got it mixed up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So weight uh, lower is higher. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like they in here, it says any style can be made sessionable. I have beef with that statement. Oh, right. Ooh, right. Beef. Here we go. Um, I'm. Sorry, you can't take. You can't make it a sessionable imperial stout. No. Um, you could barely make a sessionable. I mean, you can make a sessionable stout. Like this is thing, but like any style implies like, well, I could take you know uh, a Baltic porter and make that sessionable. Well, that would just be a regular porter then, because those should be four and a half to five, as far as I'm concerned. It's. It, I think the issue here. Uh, is alcohol content or 
if we like, you know, think about a barley wine while a little bit of like alcohol or booziness on the nose or in the flavor, that's acceptable. Yeah. Okay. So what happens if we take a, an English barley wine and we knock it down to a sessionable beer? Uh, you have a you have, what an ESB ESB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you're or a brown. You, you know, as as Dwight Schrute would say, false. <laughs> not not yeah. every beer can be made sessionable. Exactly. I well, and like agree. you can't. It's the same thing. Like uh, if you take like a Belgian triple and you knock it down, it yeah. becomes a single. Yep. Triples, like, barley wines, deepas, things like that, where you like want a little bit of booze. Where and so the biggest one where I I start to have contention with this is session IPA. Mm-hmm. Bane of my existence. A session IPA is a pale ale. God damn it. Well, is it not marketing? I know. I. I mean, yes, but then they're like, <laughs> but the style, like, and we come back to the, like style versus marketing and what matters and what doesn't. Yeah. It depends on your market, depends on your consumer, like a bunch of shit, you know? Because a pale ale will sell, but a session, or it won't sell, but a session IPA will fly off the shelves. Yeah. But it's the same goddamn beer. It's true. <laughs> so, like, I, and I'm, I'm a big fan of session, session beers. I've said that multiple times on the show. I like things that are 5% and lower because mm-hmm. I can have more than one. Right. I, I can't go somewhere and have two pints of 9% beer and then stand. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, my I mean, my favorite, like, I hands down, I think my favorite style is specifically bitter double IPA. So, with, yeah. with lots of aroma hops. As you probably well, I mean, what about a session double IPA? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna knock your beer over. <laughs> Not a thing. I'm bit. I mean, according to the definition, we can make any style. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're making session IPA, you know, it's I, honestly like I would probably keep the same. Finishing. I mean, anything after the boil's done, I would probably keep it the same, if not intensify it. So just basically an overhop pale ale then. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, definitely. It, so I mean, when that's you, what I want out of it. Yeah. Right. You you want you want the high the high hops you want mm-hmm. like the alpha acids way up there. Yep. Two to four percent, like you know two two point one to four percent sounds good. Just yeah. bomb the shit out of it at the end. I'd keep all of my hop additions to fifteen minutes and later. Um, I don't know. And, uh, I guess I would, you know, I would not use something with harsh bitterness like Chinook. I would use, you know, Magnum or something low cohumulone. Um, you know, you don't want a harsh bitter. You want hop flavor and, and multi-body to match. So I don't know. Makes I just, sense. I think the, the point of any session beer is balance, you know, except for if you're doing. Well, like, so yeah, if you, if you, yeah, yeah. But. So like, if if you're if you're taking an unbalanced beer and bringing it down, yeah. So like, um, like let's let's go to the let's go to one of the extremes, like a session, uh, brute. Would that be possible? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that kind of defies, you know, what I what I was gonna what I was saying earlier, which is that, uh, you know. It kind of defies what I what I was saying earlier, which is to to boost the body. Yeah, you know you, you do would you would pull the body every, out from under it. everything you can to to boost the body. 
uh, which, you know, I was talking about, like, raise the... Raise the mash tab. Mash tab. And I think, actually, I misspoke earlier. I think I said we were going to talk about this beer on the next episode, but we're talking about it on this one. Well, you, you meant after after we were After the segment. The so yeah, the second segment. Next segment, segment yeah. yeah. So anyway, long story short, yeah, I mean, we're talking a higher higher mash temp. Um, we're talking, yeah, you're going to want to probably tinker around with, like, you know, uh, what do we talk about? Like, malts that are higher in beta-glucan, so wheat, uh, rye stuff like that um to to kick more body and you know my all my favorite chit malt uh, which is under modified so you you know you might have to do something about that but i mean largely with session beers we're i don't see any reason to put any kind of refined or simple sugar into them period because uh, what we're trying to do here is make a nice balanced and sessionable low alcohol beer and if we started jamming a bunch of sugar refined sugar candy sugar um you know syrup whatever um, you know, these, these refined sugars, they, they'll ferment almost completely all the way out, which mm-hmm. is going to end up with this dry bodiless, you know, situation. And so to circle back, yeah, you could do, that's br- your brute. You could do a, a <laughs> your dry bodiless, just, terrible beer. It just sounds stupid. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, and again, if you're going to use extract in this type of beer, I'd find something, you know, that it doesn't attenuate as much. I probably would avoid using, uh, SAF 05 because it is a known attenuator and that's you know you use use something different yes and so are there like so you want something that doesn't attenuate very well so mm-hmm. if you wanted um, like so if you were doing like a pale ale what yeast would you use like an American oh, pale ale and you're shooting you for like 4% using dry yeast or using uh, liquid liquid yeah, um, so like why yeast or white labs what doesn't attenuate what doesn't flock I'm trying to in, I, your, in your mind like uh, I guess American Ale Two, mm-hmm, Two or um, or even like a London Ale, but sure. then you're going to get a bunch of yeast character. Yeah, that you might not that want. you might not want, but you know that. Yeah, so if you want something clean that doesn't flock, uh, that's a really good question. I would push that on the listeners. Like, what what do you guys think? I mean, what works, you know, or what can you get from a quick Google? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know what I would not use. <laughs> 1056. Right. <laughs> so. Or uh, 001. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, all right. So then, like, so we we have, like, the new styles, but there's a lot of old styles that just lend themselves to this. Well, that's what, where, that, where this kind where, of idea yeah, it came comes from. from. It comes from, you know, the bitters, the Scottish ales, mm-hmm. the, um, like, the, the Belgian table beers, yep. like, the historical beers that people would drink. Every, all day, yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the, again, a lot of the first beers that you mentioned, we're talking about beers that have a, a kind of a, a, a variety of of uh, specialty malt, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you want to with this with session beer, you want to up your game on uh, specialty malt and add a little, probably a little bit more than you normally would if you want darker. You know what we were talking about when you made this Scottish light, you used a dehusked. Or like debittered, dehusked, same thing. Yeah. So you're looking at like Wireman Carafa Special. You know, they make one, two, and three. They make all of them husked and dehusked. When you dehusk, it removes bitterness, tannic, roast character, etc. So, um, you get a lot of color. Yeah. A little bit of flavor, but without any of that mm-hmm. estrogency. Yep. So you know, caramel malts and again stuff that's going to leave big long chains of sugar chilling out in the beer. Yeah, so it like you you have a smaller palette to, or like a smaller canvas to play with, mm-hmm. but you get to um, like use a lot more stuff that you wouldn't necessarily use right. in your other beers. 
uh, yes. stuff that's just not that going to be hidden by other stuff. Like mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity to showcase things like Amber Malt and stuff like yeah. that. Like, yeah, Victory on Breeze, like VOB Malt or like uh, shit, I don't know. You know, pretty much anything. DRC, like I like Simpsons Double Roasted Crystal. I mean, this sounds like a fine opportunity. Oh, this sounds like a perfect opportunity for that. Abuse that malt. Um yeah. So, um, what what are the what are the problems that you face making session beers? Body, body's the big. What did one. we discover right away? With yeah, this? It's no yeah. body. Um, it's it's super easy to make a beer that drinks like water, mm-hmm. and you don't want it to. Yeah, crank the specialty malts. Get yourself, um, you know, um, uh, higher higher mash temp. That's where I was going with that guy. Higher mash, I need more Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> higher mash temp. This is Guinness and Red Bull. Like. <laughs> yeah. Double fist. We're going to call this the Raging Bull. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I think I pretty much. All right. Uh, then the question I want to pose to the listeners, and I mean, I w- we'll talk about it a little bit too, but is there a growing want for session beer in the current craft beer climate? I mean, I, I come back to this about once a year. You know, it, seem, it seems like every once in a while we, we start to make a little turn towards it, but then it bounces back. Every time someone tells me that there's supposed to be this trend happening, like, oh, it's uh, everyone, like, you know, it's Pilsner is going to be a big deal. I'm like, well, I've been sitting here waiting for that to be a big deal for a bunch of years. I still like them as my. You know, as well, I will I say I, I'm like, seeing a lot more. Uh, pilsners and lagers pop up. In, yeah, but is that because we're supposed to be, or it's just because what I mean, brewers want to make? I don't know. It, yeah. Well, no, and like, and that's the thing. Like the the trends are so hard to see. Like, and they like, I I have no idea this whole like uh, dishwater IPA thing was coming. Yeah. Like that came out of nowhere. Um, but I, I like I, I'm waiting for like I feel like. We need to have some sort of like backlash against all the double-digit beers at some point, or at least there should be. And it, I've seen it more now. Like, there's always a beer that's five percent or lower on a tap room list right. somewhere. Though now it's usually a goddamn sour, <laughs> and I don't know. Sour, you sour. can't. You're not gonna session sours. No, you're not. Like, you're not going to have more than one or two, because <laughs> then you're going to have acid reflux. Yeah. So. <laughs> but do you, like, do you think, like, so, do you guys go out of your way and be like, hey, we need to have something of XABV on, or do you um, just not even think about it? Is is alcohol really not a, alcohol content not really a proponent in what you decide to brew? No, not really. Um Un, until it is, it it isn't until it is, um, you know. Yeah, we made a pale ale and we wanted something low ABV, and we thought about whether to call it a session or a pale or whatever. Um, so, so yes and no. I mean, I guess if I were going to, you know, I mean, I know that the the from what I hear. I don't know. From what I hear, the industry, there's movement towards lower ABV or NA beer. And I'm we're definitely like in doing R&D and trying to develop. Speaking of NA. Uh, An NA beer. Bauhaus just announced one, didn't they? Yeah, their home guys, Hellas, and then whatever process they're using, which I, I'm... I you know and I'm I'm pals with their sales guy, and I was like, hey, what's the process? Is it proprietary? Can you tell me? And he... 
was like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know. Um, but I'm not the one to ask about that. And I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll dig into it. But from what I know, the byproduct of whatever it is that they're doing is clear alcohol to which they're blending soda water with and adding flavor to make seltzer. Correct. So, so two for the price of one. Right. And I know that there are many, many other breweries that have played around with NA beer. You know, Surly tried to make Hell NA and a few others. Um, Do but, they call it Hell Nah? <laughs> I would not <laughs> doubt it. But yeah, so anyway, they I know they're working on that, or but they just couldn't make it taste the same. And I think Bauhaus was, they're the first one since Prohibition that's released an N.A. Um, that actually tasted decent, and I haven't personally tasted it yet, but I know they have it. So we'll have to see what that process is all about, if they're willing to um, share that or not. Yeah, the N.A. thing, I'm, I'm so torn on. Dude, if I can make an NA beer that tastes like, like a, if, a beer, like a beer, then yeah, I'm gonna be real happy about that. And yeah, I am. Work, we are working on it. We're working on that in a shandy product at the moment. Like, so. But so, like, I, I, I'm I'm so torn because I really like to drink beer. Mm-hmm. I don't like to get hammered. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like being buzzed. Right. Like, so I guess I could drink to the point and then switch to the NA beer. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm so torn on that. But then again, I haven't had an NA beer that actually tastes like beer. I you know we had some people in the brewery the other day that brought an NA beer in and I tasted it and it was just fucking garbage. Like what what's your option? Like the the most obvious and best option because alcohol when you boil, you know whatever beer if you boil it the alcohol boil off temp is you have to get one ninety. No, it's lower than that. Uh, well when I when I was researching the the wassail. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get a rapid boil off of alcohol, we had it had to be it was like one eighty five, one ninety, something like that, mm-hmm. to get all of the alcohol out. Well, we should do an NA episode then instead of getting too like tangent wise on yeah, this. But yep. like, yeah, basically, if you if you throw hops in and they become isomerized and then you go back and boil them again later, it's just you're gonna, losing all your isomerization. Well, no, you're going to concentrate that or, bitterness. Oh, oh, that's right, and it's yeah. going to be over overly bitter. Um, you know, I'm, tr- I'm I'm trying to think back to our hops episode. Hops are alcohol soluble, aren't they? Yeah, as far as I know. So, wouldn't boiling off the uh, the alcohol take some of the hop compound with it? Yeah, it'd still concentrate it to the point. Yeah. Where it's too. No, but you're gonna lose your uh, a lot of your aroma and flavor phenols. <laughs> yes, that. If, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. That's the direction you were going. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna have this super bitter liquid that. Doesn't have any of the flavor, night. yeah. Any any of the shit that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, session beer. It's it's a thing. It's happening. Um, I recommend you make one and keep it on to uh, to extend the length of your parties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, they're they're fun to talk about. Uh, there's certain styles that definitely lend themselves to it that have historically, um, and there's new ones all the time. And we always talk about ales, but there's loggers too that mm-hmm. will fit in that category as well. All right, so we should probably wrap up because we got another episode oh, popping yeah. up in just a few minutes here. So um, again, 
Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindestudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindestudios or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. Well, hey, and if you become a, a ninja, like, black belt level... Uh, so, to... Patreon? Yeah, so uh, to see the the live, it's not black belt. It what is. is... <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, no, no. Black, black belt's the highest. Uh, let me check the dojo here. Well, who's green the, belt? Who's the gentleman that that you? Andy. Andy. So yeah, Casey will He's personally fly to your city <laughs> and get drunk. And well, get drunk and drunk dial Rick in front of you. Oh, nice. <laughs> you drunk dial? Oh man, I didn't, I didn't even get a drunk dial out of the deal. Whatever. I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry, man. Next time. <laughs> next right. time. I drunk That's dialed you last time. Like... Fair enough. <laughs> There's a rotating list. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, and we'll see you next week.